Three Funny Ladies. That is Susan J. Cox. That is uh, Joseph Elizabeth Bailey. No, that, that sounds bad. Joseph Elizabeth, Because Joseph Elizabeth, it doesn't oh, roll. It doesn't yeah, roll off the tongue. I hear Be you. like Joseph, Joseph Barbara Bailey. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> I like that. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, our funny ladies or whatever. <laughs> the fucking drill don't you know what you're here for that's what we do that is what we do uh how are you um i'm uh, i'm okay it's, okay you know it's it's just fine everything's just fine <laughs> i think it's just perfect how are you just fucking fabulous <laughs> yeah that's great yeah yeah we um, are uh Fast, fastly approaching the October holiday. We yes, we are. Um, yep, that's coming up. Are you doing anything for the Halloween? Um, we're going trick or treating with her cousins, which is what we usually do. So that's that's that. So back to the uh, back to the same old, same old from days I before. Think so yeah. That's excited. Is she excited to go trick or treating again? She is excited. In fact, tonight she's supposed to go trunk or treating. Oh, that's kind with of her neighbor but... friend. And this morning she was like, "I don't know if I'm going to go." I was like, "Babe, why wouldn't you go?" She's like, "Cause I just kind of want to save my trick or treating. I don't want to do it just any time. I want oh. it to mean something." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> but that's just all the more candy. So right. But I mean, keep that mindset for the rest of your life moving forward. But, you know, trick or treat whenever you can. Yeah. So, well, that's exciting. What is, did she, has she decided yet on a costume? Well, we do this every year. She has these grand ideas. But she keeps changing her mind. And so they never, they never pan out, you know. We don't have time or money to get the essentials that we need for whatever specific costume she wants. Um, so we, I found costumes on Amazon and, you know, the closer it gets to Halloween, the harder it is to find in her size. Blah, blah, blah. So I found a bee costume, but see, my kid is dark. Okay. Like she can't just be a bee. It has to be something else. So it was like, we can make you a killer bee and put all blood all down the front of it. She was like, yeah, she was like, but I was going to be Harley Quinn. And I was like, okay. So then she decided she was going to be Harley Queen Bee. <laughs> Yeah, it always has to be punny or something like that. Um, but then she changed her mind again. And so this past weekend, I was like, we're sitting here in front of this computer and we're searching Amazon for a costume until you fucking find one. And so basically, she's going to be a flying squirrel. And all it is is a onesie that you would buy and sleep in. But I don't care. It's done. Okay. Well, good. So, and it's cute. So, yeah. And, and she can wear an outfit under it. So she'll be toasty. So... It's great. Well, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov. Um, do you hand out candy? No. No. Okay. Now, Maybe okay, so let me, yeah, let me yeah, ask you this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so is trigger treating happening on Halloween proper since it's on a Sunday? Yes. Okay. It always happens on Halloween. 
and out. Well, I don't know. I don't know if Hazel Park is different. We go by Ferndale Pleasant Ridge rules because that's where we trick or treat. Um, it's always on mm. Halloween, and I think that for the most part, Michigan is does it on Halloween. Now people ask every fucking year, and I don't know why, but we trick or treat on Halloween regardless of the day. And then, what time do you usually go out? Um, like six ish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We wait until it's a little bit dark. Um, a lot of people don't, but I like the, cause I feel like when we were little and went trick or treating, it was like, you didn't go out until like eight or nine. Yeah, now sure. I could be fabricating that. No, I have that same memory. It was definitely dark for sure. Like, yeah, like dark, dark. And like, yeah. So the earlier and earlier they go out, it creeps me out. I don't like it. So we wait till it gets dark, but that's around six o'clock on Halloween. So, and we're usually out a couple hours. So Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. You know what? Um, this year and a half on Zoom has shown me that I do not care for what. But I'm getting old person neck. Oh, I don't see know. right here. You couldn't. You you at home can't see this, but I'm getting those two lines down at the base of my oh, neck. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't. I cannot for. see it. I just have fat neck, so I just have a double chin. So that's all I can. That's all I can see on me. I don't think I have old neck yet. Mm. but see that doesn't look like old neck that actually looks like are you sure yeah are you sure your neck's just not getting thinner that's what someone else said from work but i don't no it's no it's not yeah because see it's there's two anyway this is not but they're not listen to me yes they're in the placement of the old neck but they're not the flappy of the old neck i think it's just because your neck is thinner Mm, okay all right. Well, you Thank know, you. I tried to make, yeah, no, fuck, fuck it. It's too late. Couldn't take what I had to say. And now I'm done. So it, it feels like it's been forever since we've done a, a proper show. I know. So there's, there's things that have happened that we need to talk about. Mm. Um, and um, so first of all, I'll let you save the news that you shared with me today. Oh, yes. Um, but, and this will be of zero interest to you, but the uh, Being the Ricardos trailer, teaser, excuse me, teaser. Yeah, that dropped. was very much a teaser because they did not show Nicole Kidman at all. They showed her very briefly when in the great stomping stuff but at we, the end. They know that we all want to see if she looks Of like course, her. of so, course. come on, come on. So that's very, it's a very intriguing project. I don't know how I feel about Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball. But yeah, uh, I mean, I sort of have the feeling that, um, excuse me, as I lick the rim of my cup, oh, oh. um, especially someone like Lucille Ball. Listen, I don't like her, but I understand what she means to pop culture. I get it. I'm not stupid. I feel like someone as big as her needs to be played by someone that is a comedian. And I get that we're all actors and it's actors and blah, blah, blah. And we just sort of had this kind, you know, about representation and this kind of thing. But I just feel like it's weird to me to have someone like Nicole Kidman with her style of acting be playing a comedy icon is weird to me. Yeah. I'm, I'll be very interested to see it. Javier Bardem is, looks nothing like. Desi Arnaz. It was like, who's Spanish? Javier Bardem? Good enough. Let's get him. <laughs> right? 
this um, sort of ties in because I've been wanting to talk to someone about this and I know you're not watching it, but for people out there who are watching it, hopefully you can feel me on this. I've been watching American Crime Story Impeachment, which has to do with Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And let me tell you something. I am angry at Edie Falco. Mm. Angry. You want to know why? She just came in and did Edie Falco with the wig gun. Didn't try to do any sort of voice. Didn't try to do any. She's just Edie Falco. And I'm like, babe, come come on yeah she was only in that one very brief scene when i was watching it so i don't but it seemed like oh yeah that was edie falco they're reaching the part of the story where she's very heavily involved so like the last episode i watched was kind of centered around her and i was like you're not even trying what do you do doing? something do something even i try to do my best snape impression come on <laughs> um what else? Oh, so my news is that uh, Joe had, oh, side note, because I need to discuss this with somebody. Peter insists on calling them. I think we talked about this before because I remember Brandy Joe sided with Peter and I didn't like it. Peter calls them biopics. Oh, no. Joe does not side with that. Okay. Maybe then I wasn't talking about, but maybe I was talking to somebody. He insists on calling them biopics. And every time no. I'm like, it's biopic. Yes. He also says soda and we're in Michigan. So I don't know what he's trying to prove or I if he's trying soda, to. Though. Okay. Why? It is. Pop- <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway. And he was talking about it yesterday and I have taken to not the soda thing and this thing are the things he digs his heels in on and will not change. And the more I show that it bothers me, the more he does it. So I didn't say anything, but I seriously want to throw karate chop him every time he says biopic. <laughs> like seriously, I you don't, sound like a fucking asshole. Stop it. I don't care for biopic. I have to, I have to it admit does that. Does it make sense? It's bio. Bi- okay. Anyway, <sighs> it, it really <laughs> fucking pisses me off. Um, anyway, the biopic of um, Joan Rivers has been that was going to star Catherine Hahn has been canceled because <laughs> I have to laugh because it's so dumb. They wrote the script and cast it uh, before they got permission from her estate. Yeah, that seems like the first thing you would do. That seems like the first fucking thing you would do. So they wrote the script. It's all ready to go. They're all ready to shoot. And then they're like, oh, you know what? We should probably run this by her daughter. Let's just real quick. I'm sure she'll be okay with it. And Melissa Rivers, because it was going to be about her um, late night show getting canceled and Johnny blacklisting her and all that kind of stuff. And uh, her daughter was like, why would I want her the saddest point in her life um, be immortalized? No, you cannot do that. So the show had to be canceled. The movie had to be canceled, which I just think is so fucking like, that's the first thing you do. How did they drop the ball on this? Yeah, that, I mean, I've never like produced a biopic before, (laughs) but it seems like that would be number one Mm -hmm. on your list of to do's. Like before you even wrote a word. Yeah. Because Because to me, I would be like, well, not only let's ask her, but let's have her be a consultant. You know, like, so we can get the most right that we can and stuff. And no, it didn't even cross their mind. They were just like, oh, this is fair game. Let's do this. Um, I just, it's mind boggling to me. I don't, I don't understand that way of thinking. So there you go. Now it's canceled. 
Yeah, uh, Sarah Silverman had some things to say about that. I okay. read today, <clears throat> and I am um, talking slowly, so you know what I am doing. <laughs> I am looking for it on the intranet. Da, da, da. Okay, go. Did you find it? So I did. So she says, um, she she had harsh words about the casting of Catherine Hahn uh, because Catherine Hahn is not Jewish. She says, oh, Catherine okay, Hahn did okay. absolutely nothing wrong. She's a brilliant actor. She'll be great as Joan. And singularly, I have zero problem with it. But there's this long tradition of non-Jews playing Jews and not just playing people who happen to be Jewish, but people whose Jewishness, Jewishness is their whole being. One could argue, for instance, that a Gentile playing Joan Rivers correctly would be doing what is actually called Jew face. Okay. All right. I can. I can... Also, I don't, and this is lesser. Also, I don't think Catherine Hahn looks anything like her. No, I don't either. I was gonna, I was very interested to see how that, that was all going to come um, to fruition. I can respect that. I okay. Yeah, I mean, we sort that. of touched on this when we talked about the we Funny did. Girl casting um, with Jane Lynch. It's just, um, I mean, certainly there are a lot of Jewish actors out there, <laughs> and then it just comes down to, I mean, I can't think of anyone who off the top of my head who would play Joan Rivers, Jewish or not. Yeah, neither can I, because I wouldn't have thought Catherine Hahn either. No, I wouldn't either, which is what made it so intriguing. I mean, Edie Falco could just go in and do Edie Falco and they just (laughs) say that her name is Joan Rivers and I guess we call it a fucking day. God, it irritates me. I'm like, you're a brilliant actress. What the fuck are you doing? I'm wondering if she tried to do an impression and it was bad and they were like you know what let's get amy poehler in here <laughs> well no one wants to relive the kevin costner robin hood debacle no one wants to relive that where sure, half sure. the film he has that shitty accent <laughs> and then uh the other half of the film he sounds like john wayne no one wants that so a lot of times if someone can't do it they're just like just don't just it's just fine. do you just you, you just do, do you. you but i mean Edie brocco is so her voice is so distinct that it's like, you got to try to do something different. Is that like, a mashup of Edie Falco and Lorraine Bracco? It is. When I said it, I was like, <laughs> that is wrong. <laughs> but they were both in Sopranos. So, so there you go. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's those two people spliced together. And so they can't do a good job. <laughs> Did you watch the Sopranos? I did not. And I'm so glad I didn't because I, when I found out what the ending was, I was angry and I didn't even watch the show. <laughs> um, did you watch it? No, I watched like the first season and maybe half of the second season. I just could never really, like, I felt like I was watching it because I felt like I had to watch it because everyone's like gushing about how great it was. Yeah, this but that's not, really, that's not your MO though. It's not really my cup of tea, I guess. That's not your MO to do something because other people are doing it. Your MO is to, is to, not do it because everyone else is doing it yeah but sometimes you want to get in on it you know what i mean you want to know what everybody's talking about yeah i mean this was also you know 20 years ago or whatever oh jesus was it i mean something like that yeah it's a while ago um so the uh, there's another thing i wanted to talk about so um the gotham awards which is um i'm not really sure what it is but it's uh <laughs> something new york related, about it. <laughs> i'm assuming because it's gotham um, but they're get, they give out film and TV awards. Okay. 
And so they've just announced their nominations for the year. Oh my God, did we get some? We did not because oh, not, that's weird. Okay. They're not in we're not Korea, TV. <laughs> right? Oh, it's in Korea. No. Did you say that? I mi- no. wait. What? Because <laughs> we were big in Korea for like Got a it. minute. Okay, so now I'm tracking with you. I mean, okay. and big is also a very relative word, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> More than two. <laughs> but what they have done is they have lumped all of their performance awards into one category regardless of gender yeah so there was one like outstanding lead performance and there were like 10 nominees both men and women and then supporting performance is the same and the tv awards are all the same too i have to say i strenuously disagree with this because now we have 10 people right right and they don't have an equal shot and it's just going to be one person who, so we have Olivia Coleman is nominated, um, Oscar Isaac, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Lily Taylor. So one of those people is going to win, but I want two people to win. And I want yeah. there to be a best actor and a best actress. It's just the traditionalist in me. It is, but you know what? We'll get used to it. I don't like it though. I know, but we'll get used to it. Listen, so, I don't like it because as an actor, I want the field um, slimmed down as much as possible to give me a better chance. But seeing as I'll never be nominated for any big award, I, I don't know why I would give a fuck about that. But I, I can, I, I feel the same way you do. But I also think that as um, cisgendered people. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe just. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that's such a big field. Yeah, and like, so what? The Oscars in a few years, we're going to have like Best Picture and then two acting awards. I don't sure. like it. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> You're so. I don't like it. I don't like it, and I don't accept it. I mean, how do we feel about? going the other way yeah add more categories that's what i'm saying so like but here's the thing so it would be so it would only be three then right because if we're saying see this where it's this is where it gets dicey though if there's man woman and then what gender fluid non-binary because transgender is going to be in one of the quote unquote genders because they are those genders so the only third one would then be gender fluid non-binary so then i can see why that would be harder to accomplish yeah it's yeah listen no offense but you and i will never be in any of those categories i know but it still doesn't mean i have to accept it or like it i I don't accept it either because i don't like change but i feel like we'll get used (laughs) we'll get used to it it'll be fine it'll be i think i just think that's too many people here's you know what you know what you know what I actually don't, I have a problem with it because I don't like change. I would get used to it. I don't think though, if you're going to have it one, if you're going to have it genderless, you can't have 10 nominees. Still stick with just the five, I think. Oh, it's just, I just hate every aspect of this conversation. (laughs) Like (laughs) like say the Oscars this year. So we had um, Frances McDormand and Anthony Hopkins one best actor and best actress. So if it was just one who one of them wins, just one of them wins. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just seems like you're just mm. like shutting people out of potentially winning an award, uh, a very important award. Uh, yeah, 
I know. It, it, the bottom line is we don't like change. Listen. I don't mind change. I don't like this change. And I get it. I still stand by my non-binary and gender fluid people, brothers and sisters and otherwise, and non-brothers and non-sisters. I get it. But I'm just saying, let's let's just explore alternate possibilities. Well, listen, they might do this and it might not work out. People might hate it and they might explore something else. True, but it is also the Gotham Awards, which everyone's like, "What the fuck is a Gotham Award?" And I exactly because I to me that, that Batman's either. giving them out. So right, right. or yes. like Bruce Wayne, you know. So um, yeah, whatever. So um, whatever. So whatever. <laughs> I'm boycotting the Gotham. Awards. <laughs> Ugh! No more Gotham Awards, please. Once I figure out what they are, I am boycotting them. <laughs> I'm going to write a strongly worded email. I am, I am writing. I am mad. Oh. Um, what else? Is there anything else going on? I don't think so. I covered the things I wanted to cover. I think I have to. Did you? Are you current with the Real Housewives? No. No. Okay. I, I caught the second half of part three. Um, I didn't catch the first half, so I have to rewatch. What else? Anything else? TV is kind of slim pickings right now. It really is. We're just, I mean, November's right around the corner, which is crazy. I don't want to talk. I don't, okay. I don't want to talk about it this year. Can we, it's just too fast is what I'm saying to you. It is. I mean, it is. And, and the older you get, the quicker it goes. Oh my God. So you have that to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, so let's anyway. talk about our lady. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Our lady of the week, sort of the de facto queen of Halloween the past few years, mm-hmm. as that movie has gained more and more traction in our pop culture and collective they are doing a sequel yes and sam richardson friend of not ours i never met him but you know him yeah he was in my wedding listen friend is a loose term he will be in it he will oh yes i knew that God oh oh wait before we get into our lady i need to bring i need to bring this up because this is something i learned today and i'm just dumbfounded okay so i discovered last night that there's a movie coming out called Lightyear. Yes! Oh my God! Yes. But I discovered today that it's Chris Evans who was voicing. It this. is because listen up, listen. Here is why. It is about the astronaut that the toy was based on. Oh, okay. He voices the real dude that Buzz Lightyear was based on. That's why it doesn't have to be Tim Allen. And also, Tim Allen's gotten enough fucking mileage out of everything he's ever done, especially when he's been convicted of drunk driving 9,000 times. He can take several seats. And Christopher Christopher Jamal Evans is an angel on earth and deserves everything. So I am very excited. And And his voice is, is very sexy. Tim Allen is garbage. Tim Allen is fucking garbage. So. And even though he is a hometown boy, he is garbage. He's garbage. Absolute and utter trash. But that is why it can be voiced by a different person and it makes sense. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes. He's not playing actual Buzz Lightyear. I was very confused. Yeah. You knew I would know. I knew. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, sorry. sorry. Mm -hmm. We watched 
what is the name of the movie? It's Sam Richardson's Toy werewolf Story? movie. We watched Toy Story. <laughs> what is that movie called? <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> um, Sam Richardson's werewolf movie. And I was disgusted that I liked it a lot and watched it two times in a row. Oh, I don't know what it is. I was very upset by it. It's cute. I like it. It's it's interesting. It's cute. Pat, have you watched The Muppets Haunted Mansion? I have. Oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> you know, I want to love it because... Because I am an original Muppets fan. I've been a Muppets fan for over 40 years, right? But I got to be honest, the new Muppet stuff is not great. It's just not great. Oh, yeah. And I can't love it just because they're like, the quality is just very, very different. It's all right. It's cute. I didn't really pay attention, though. It didn't hold my attention. Mm, That's not a good sign. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, back to (laughs) Our Lady of the Week. None other than the Divine Miss M. Yes. Bette Midler. Now, what is your first memory of Bette Midler? I know it's something before Beaches, but I couldn't tell you what. I don't know, but I know it was something before Beaches. And that doesn't help, but. I mean, I am old, so growing up, I remember her hit song, The Bugle, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, that she did in the 70s. Okay. Okay. And then um, for Christmas one year, my father, who was a weekend father, and we did not know each other at all very well, um, because he never took the time to get to know me, but I'm not bitter about it. It's getting real um, deep, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, one of my presents for Christmas that year, he got me two albums, one of which was Linda Ronstadt's Greatest Hits. And I okay. did never felt one way or the other about Linda Ronstadt. Okay. Um, and then also he got me the soundtrack for The Rose, which was did rated he literally, R. Well, I was going to say, did he Google? But Google was not around then. No, no. I <laughs> think he, he just. What a case stab. like. <laughs> and what that was like. Surely, I think that was the year after I got the Ethel Mormon disco album for Christmas. So if he just would have checked in with my mom, got it, got it, got my it, got mom it. would have been like, "Oh, here's what that homo wants." <laughs> here's what that homo wants. <laughs> oh, you talking about the homo? Okay, uh, Bette Midler or Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> so I, uh, I of course naturally gravitated toward the soundtrack for the Rose more so than Linda Ronstadt, but it was a while, it was a while after that, that I actually saw the roads cause it was rated R. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was seeing R rated movies at the time, but mostly I wanted to see the ones that were either scary or naked. Sexy. Yeah. Or scary naked. Even better. Even, even better. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's probably albums. I probably knew her from albums just yeah. knew of her. And I saw her in concert at Pine Knob. Of course. In 1983. Oh my gosh. And it was, to this day, one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. She performed for three hours. Oh my God. And it was the whole gamut of like her whole shtick was there. Like the okay. mermaids in the wheelchairs, uh, the, like the electric yeah. wheelchairs that she used to do with the harlots. Um, it was amazing. And then it was the next night she was there for two nights. The next night she collapsed on stage, like halfway through the show. Oh my God. Yeah. And that was a big deal at the time, Oh wow! but we were there the night before. So we saw the whole shebang. So, so yeah, 
Um, okay, so Bat Midler. I could not find a middle name for her. Um, Joseph. Bat Joseph Midler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like my name is Joseph Bat Bailey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's Barbara. It's Barbara. She was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. That is very interesting. On December 1st, 1945. So she has a birthday right around the corner. She's going to be 76. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. Her family was one of the few Jewish families in a mostly Asian neighborhood. Oh. Her mother, Ruth, was a seamstress and a housewife. And her father, Fred, worked at a Navy base in Hawaii as a painter. And he was also a house painter. Both of her parents were born in New Jersey. She was named after Betty Davis, although she obviously pronounces her first name Bet and not Betty. Uh, While she was better, I do too, especially for her. Especially, it's just how we know her. Yeah, she's not Betty. No, not at all. Except for her album Bathhouse Betty, which is fun. Um, And when she was a sophomore in high school, she was voted most talkative, which tracks. Yeah. And then when she was a senior, she was voted most dramatic. Also, that tracks. Tracks, yep. That was the class of 1963. She went on to major in drama at the University of Hawaii, uh, but she left after only three semesters. And uh, she was an extra in the film Hawaii, which came out in 1966. And she used that money uh, to move to New York. All in the right. summer of 1965. In an interview with Oprah Winfrey, Oprah asked her how her family ended up in Hawaii if they both her parents were from New Jersey. Uh, so she replied, quote, my dad was in the army. And when he was posted in Hawaii before World War II, he liked it because it was warm. So in 1937, he married my mother, then brought her from New Jersey to Hawaii on a ship that went through the Panama Canal. And those days, that was a big trip. It, I think, would still be a big trip these days. Yeah. Uh, And Hawaii was still a territory at that time, not a state. So after she moved to New York City in 1965, she studied theater at the HB Studio under Uta Hagen. She landed her first professional, I know, onstage role in the off-off-Broadway play, uh, Two Broadway play, off-off-Broadway plays in 1965, Miss Nefertiti Regrets and Cinderella Revisited. One was a children's play, the one she did during the day, and then at night was the quote-unquote adult show. Okay. Uh, she married artist Martin Van Hasselberg in December of 1984. They've been married ever since. And they have a daughter, Sophie, who was born in November of 1986. And... Um, I've seen that she is an actress, but I don't have any concrete. She is. She is, and she is she, exactly like her mom. I can't think off the top of my head what she's been in. Probably in some Ryan Murphy series. No. That's just his MO. Well, no, I know. In uh, 1991, she's done a lot of charity work, which is admirable. She, In 1991, she was an early sponsor of the Adopt a Highway program, paying $2,000 a month for a crew to clean up two miles on the Ventura Freeway in Burbank, California. Signs at both ends of the section read, literally removed, next two miles, Bette Midler. The location was so prominent that it became fodder for her 1993 guest appearance on The Simpsons, uh, where she is seen picking up trash along the stretch of highway she has adopted and causes car crashes for drivers who deliberately litter for her to pick it up. (laughs) 
1995, she carried the same idea to the East Coast, adopting a section of the Long Island Expressway. She founded the New York Restoration Project in 1995, which is a nonprofit with the goal of revitalizing neglected neighborhood parks and economically disadvantaged neighborhoods of New York City. When the city planned in 1991 to auction off 114 community gardens for commercial development, she led a coalition of greening organizations to save them. So her uh, organization took ownership of 60 of the most neglected plots. And today, um, Bette Midler and her organization work with local volunteers and community groups to ensure that these gardens are kept safe, clean, and vibrant. In 2003, she opened Swindler Cove Park, a new five-acre public park on the Harlem River, um, featuring specially designed educational facilities and the Peter J. Sharp Boathouse, the first community rowing facility to be built on the Harlem River in more than 100 years. The organization offers free in-school and after-school environment education programs uh, to students who live in high, who come from high-poverty schools. And in 2001, shortly after 9-11, she established programs run by her foundation, which helps wounded service members and their families by providing them resources, including custom homes. Mm -hmm. uh, one of these programs helps service members recovering from trauma, injury, and loss. Also, ever since the first Gulf, Gulf War, she goes to the USO and on bases to show her gratitude to military members by serving them meals just before they are deployed. She is a busy lady. She is. She's a real stand-up gal. She really is. It has been so long since we've done a normal episode that I forgot that I was supposed to do uh, the career aspect. So I'm just reading this off of the Wikipedia. <laughs> As you were doing this, I was like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to do this part. So, I mean, who do we who are we kidding? Um so, uh, Midler released her debut album, The Divine Miss M, on Atlantic Records in December 1972. The album was co-produced by Barry Manilow, who was Bette's arranger and music conductor at the time. Um, her self-titled follow-up album was released at the end of 1973. Again, the album was co-produced by Manilow. Uh, Midler made her first motion picture in 1979. Starring in the 1960s era rock and roll tragedy, The Rose, as a drug-addicted rock star modeled after Janis Joplin. That year, she also re released her uh, fifth studio album, Thighs and Whispers. Uh, uh, Midler's first foray into disco was a commercial and critical failure and went on to be her all-time lowest charting album, peaking at number 65 on the Billboard album chart. Uh, soon after, she began a world concert tour with one of her shows in Pasadena being filmed and released as a concert film, Divine Madness. Uh, her performance in The Rose earned her nomination for Academy Award for Best Actress, a role which she won the Golden Globe for Best Actress. The film's acclaimed soundtrack album sold over 2 million copies in the United States alone, earning a double platinum certificate. Um, Midler worked on the troubled comedy project jinxed in 1981 however during production there was friction with co-star co ken wall and the film's direction director don siegel released in 1982 the film was a major flop midler did not appear in any other films until 1986 
However, she was an early choice for Miss Hannigan in the 1982 film Annie. That would have been, I mean, listen, Carol Nets perfect, but that would have been is. fun too. It would have been. Um, do you do 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 during those four years she concentrated on her music career and in 1983 released the album No Frills, uh, produced by Chuck Plotkin. Um, we went over that she uh performed on USA for Africa's 1985 fundraising sing- single We Are the World. I mean, who didn't? Um, that's oh, I didn't know that was cover. Midler's 1990 cover of the Julie Gold song From a Distance, the first offering uh, from her seventh studio album, Some People's Lives, topped the Billboard Adult Contemporary Charts and achieved platinum status in the U.S. Um, she co starred with Woody Allen in the 1991 film Scenes from a Mall. Uh, in the film, Alan's character reveals to his author wife, Deborah, played by Midler, after years of a happy marriage, that he has had an affair, resulting in her request for a divorce. The movie performed poorly and received mixed reception by critics. Um, oh, my goodness. Midler turned down the lead role in the musical comedy Sister Act in 1992. I, that rings a bell now that you say that. That is, that would have been good too. But I lo- see, I love Whoopi though. Yeah. Um, Midler won an Emmy Award in 1992 for her performance on the penultimate episode of The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. Um, and then she, in 1993, she started with Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy in Hocus Pocus. You can watch it every Halloween uh, multiple times a day. Um, Midler started in her own sitcom in 2000, Bet, which featured Midler playing herself a divine celebrity who's adored by her fans airing on CBS initial ratings were high, making the best sitcom debut for the network in more than five years, but viewers percentage soon declined resulting in the show's cancellation in early 2001 Midler openly griped about the show's demanding shooting schedule while the show itself was also reportedly rocked by backstage turmoil involving involving the replacement of co-star Kevin Dunn, whose departure was attributed to his behind the scenes bickering with Midler. Excuse me. All <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know what? She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, let's see. What other notable things? Mm, those are her biggest things. She's done a lot of stuff, though. I think I mostly know her from albums. Really. We also should mention, of course, she was very popular in the bathhouse circuit. In the 70s. Oh. Performing uh, at the Continental Baths for the Gays. Okay. Uh, with Barry Manilow was her accompanist, uh, accompanist? which is accompanist, uh, which is how he became her producer for her first couple of albums. Gotcha. Um, but she was a big, I mean, big star amongst the people, the gay men who went to the bathhouses at the time which is interesting to me because they used to have like food there and then they had entertainment so okay listen bathhouse i just think about sex everywhere is that really sure. what it is is yep. that what it is are there okay yep. stupid question are there actual baths are there there's like tubs no there's like it's more like a spa 
Like okay. sauna, steam room, pool. So there is an element of that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And she would just get, that is so strange. Yeah. They would have like show times. Yeah. That like, is so weird. So like you'd go and do a little and be like, oh, I got to go watch the show. So I'll be back. <laughs> Listen, put it in my butt and then eat some <laughs> shrimp. And we're going to sit in the sauna and watch Bette Midler. That's crazy. I mean, it yeah. sounds like a great time. I mean, not the putting it in your butt part because I sure, don't. Sure, sure, right. Yeah, it's not for me. But I mean, really, <laughs> that's like a one-stop shop, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it was like five dollars to get in or something back in the and, 1970s money. And I'm sure that, that they did not have crappy snacks. You know what I'm I, saying? I would bet. Yeah, they had some good stuff. I would assume. Like, I would love to just go back in time and just see what that whole experience was like. Right. What? I mean, having not a the, tick over there. What's, what's no, going no, on? Sorry, the cat was like, sorry, <laughs> like clawing at the screen window, which I fucking hate. Um. So anyway, yes, go back in time, not just for the in the butt part, but for just <laughs> the opulence. And I would see. love to go back in time and get it put in my butt. Oh, that's the only time you could get it in your butt was in the seventies. <laughs> Um, and then also then her big break really came. Uh, she was a replacement in uh, the original Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof playing oh. Zydel. Zydel. One of the daughters. Yeah, no, I know. I was just, I, I would have assumed for Miss Sarah, but, you know, that's all I, I had to I've say on that. never seen that show. Let me put it to you this way. I was from a serum. That's the that, spirit lady. Yeah. That should tell you all you that need comes to know. In the dream. Yeah. That should tell yeah. you everything you need to know about the part. <laughs> it's one scene. There's a lot, lot of screaming. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's it. That's all it requires. So, <laughs> you know, um, what movie did you watch? Well, I was torn. Mm-hmm. Uh, because initially when I first, uh, suggested this last week, I really had wanted to do down and out in Beverly Hills because I remember, uh, when Jinx came out and it was a huge flop and she was like box office poison and nobody would work with her for, because after, especially after having such a huge success in the rows and then Jinx came along and just tanked all of that. So when Down and Out in Beverly Hills came along, which is not a movie that I remember loving, but it was did very well and it really brought her career back it and launched her. her. A bit. It sure did. It okay. not even a little bit. It totally did. Because okay. um, then it it was a touchstone picture which was new at the time and then launched her into this like multi picture deal at Touchstone, which both of our films that we have watched were both from that era. Um, I also wanted to do Gypsy because I really love her portrayal in Gypsy. But ultimately, I landed on Ruthless People. Yes. Now, had you seen it before? I had seen it at the movies. Okay. And I don't know if I've seen it since then. I remember seeing it. I did not see it at the movies. Um, You would have been just a little babe. I would have been a little bit. Well, when did no? When did that come out? It opened on June twenty seventh, nineteen eighty six. So yeah, oh, you would honey. have been twelve, right? I was not a little, or babe. not I was quite 12. twelve. I was eleven or twelve. Yeah, I was not a little babe. But thank you for that. <laughs> um, uh, 
Did you like it? I really did. I I do too. I think it's really so funny. It um, It's directed by, this was interesting. I did not remember this. Jim Abrahams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker, the trio behind the directing of Airplane. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is super interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know Ruthless People, uh, it is, uh, this is from the IMDb description, a couple cheated by a vile businessman kidnap his wife in retaliation without knowing that he, the businessman is delighted that they have kidnapped her. So Danny DeVito is this vile businessman. Uh, businessman. Bette Midler is his wife, Barbara, who gets kidnapped by these haphazard Kidnappers, played by Judge Reinhold and Helen Slater. Who is uh, 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 Supergirl. And who is Supergirl, yes. And we haven't seen her at all lately. I know. What's going on with her? I don't know. We should look into that. Um, but so they kidnap her, and she is just a pill. Yes. They keep her in uh, their basement. Um, getting her down there is very funny getting them getting her from their car to the basement <laughs> she's wrapped up in a big burlap bag um and she just is the worst hostage that you could uh that you could kidnap he so danny devito was having an affair with the late great anita morris who i have always loved who um, she seems like she's in every movie yeah from that era yeah but at the same time i couldn't tell you which movies yeah she um she died a while ago. She developed. I looked this up while I was watching it. She developed ovarian cancer when she was in her thirties, and was given like five years to live, but ended up living for twelve additional years after Aww. that diagnosis. But she passed away a while ago. Um, and this is Bill Pullman's first film. Okay. Um, and Madonna was originally cast as Barbara. Uh, but the role later went to Bette Midler because of artistic differences between Madonna and the directors. <laughs> Meaning they wanted her to be artistic. And Madonna was like, <laughs> I'm just going to sing. I, listen, she's an icon, but her acting career, let's not fool ourselves. Okay. Well, uh, Do you love her? I love as, her. As an actress? Uh, I love her in Evita. Yes. that Yes. She's very, very good in Evita. And I love her in... Um, that other movie. Who's that girl? Who's that girl? I didn't see. Here's the thing. I'm just going to out myself. I don't, I've seen Avita and that's it. And I liked her in it. So I don't know why I just shit on her, but you know, no, it's, it's well-deserved. Um, I mean, Shanghai surprise. Come on. Is come on. terrible. Terrible. Um, but maybe we'll do, maybe we'll have to do her one of these days. I'm going to file that away. Okay. You, yeah. You file that away. <laughs> Um, and here's an, a little interesting tidbit. So when the Fox Network first came into existence. Radio Land Murders. I am so sorry. That's where I know Anita Morris. Oh, Anita Morris. Radio Land Murders. Yeah. Mortars. Moitas. Okay. Radio Land Moitas. I was like, I know this. Radio Land Moitas. Radio Land Moitas. One of my favorite movies. She's in that. Okay. Continue. I'm so sorry. That's okay. So when the Fox Network first came into being, one of their very first sitcoms was a sitcom based on Down and Out in Beverly Hills. I think I remember this. Starring Anita Morris in the role that Bette Midler played in Aww, the movie. Oh, that's nice. I like that little. That little it also there. has the distinction of being the very first program canceled by the Fox Network. 
<laughs> they made eight episodes. No, they made 13 episodes, eight of which went unaired. Um, so that was a little interesting tidbit. But Ruthless People uh, was a huge financial success. It grossed $71 million that year. And it was Disney's highest grossing film in 1986. It, I remember it was a huge success. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where it's all sorts of mixed up communications and people think one yes. thing, but it's another thing and yes. that crossed signals and yes. mistaken identities. Um, yeah. It's I just... wrote that down in my notes that the eighties, 80s, 80s movies and sitcoms really relied heavily on the miscommunication trope. Yeah. Which we couldn't get nowadays. It would we be very different. And in things like, cause we've talked about how I don't, like that trope but in this movie yes. they do it well they do it well they do it very well yeah and so i did enjoy it like you know uh because it is by happenstance it is by mistake unlike three's company where it's like if someone had just shut up and listened for two seconds <laughs> they would have gotten the truth and everything would be fine and jack wouldn't have to trip <laughs> over the couch and it would be great <laughs> this was an actual like you could see how these mistakes would be made yeah for um, sure. and it was it, it felt it sounds silly to use the word organic with this type of movie but it felt i liked it it felt yeah. organic it felt on purpose so totally yes it never felt like forced and like oh come on i mean oh, there right. is a, certainly it's played for comedy so there is that element of sure. it but it is yes it definitely it dovetails nicely yes. into everything yes um and I just like, good lord, the decor in their house is nineteen eighties. My god, those chairs! The oh my god, bedroom set, the, and everything's like neon, which like the eighties were so big into the neon. Yes, everything is turquoise and neon, and like, um, what is the name? Uh, oh God, Lu- Luan, is that the name of the material? Luan. Like that fake wood? Yeah, like the, it's plasticky, woody, fakey. It's, it's it's so, and it's like nobody's bedroom looked like that in the eighties. By the way, that no. was what the movies wanted you to think. Yes, but no one's everyone's bedrooms looked like dressers from the forties and fifties and sixties because they were hand me downs from grandparents. No one bought these fucking <laughs> neon, oddly shaped. That is not practical in any way whatsoever. Those chairs looked so uncomfortable. And plus you have Danny DeVito, who was like all of like three foot six. (laughs) The the very first thing I wrote down, do you ever have, I have, everyone has intrusive thoughts, but I have very specific intrusive thoughts sometimes. Like when I'm watching a movie and, you know, a character's married or whatever. um, And so the first thing I thought was, imagine having sex with Danny DeVito. <laughs> what what would that be like? Like, that is not, I mean, listen, I'm sure Danny DeVito is a fine man. And who am I to be calling someone else unattractive? But he's just so wee. And just, I just, like, I can't imagine when I lived in Los Angeles and worked at Borders, I did indeed wait Had on sex with Danny DeVito. I did indeed have sex with Danny DeVito in a bathhouse. Oh my God. No. When you were getting out the butt. All right. I waited on him in Real Perlman uh, at Borders. He is very tiny. And then um, from there, uh, all my friends and I 
called Rhea Perlman my nemesis because I saw her literally everywhere I went. And then we just joked that she was following me everywhere. Oh, she probably was. She probably was. She's shady. Shady bitch. Did they stay together? Did they end up getting divorced? They're they still together. They got separated and then got back together. Oh, they did? They did get separated at one point. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, also, and can I, we talk about Judge Reinhold for a second? He's in, he is in every 80s movie and he oh God love him. He does he's not an actor. I mean, let's just be real. He's not an actor. He's just playing a dude. And he plays the same dude in every movie. You are right. And he does it well. But yes, sure. I, I do agree. There's not, doesn't seem to me be much range there. Right. I would never say, hey, buddy, have you ever played Hamlet? I would know. He has not played <laughs> Hamlet. Yeah, he is very much like he is in Fast Times at Ridgemont High in this movie. I mean, yeah, he, he, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. All right, continue. Um, I normally... I could normally like take or leave Danny DeVito, but I did actually really like him in this movie. Really liked him too. I thought he was fun. I thought he was funny. He made me laugh. He was just the right amount of smarm. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yeah. Bill Pullman was funny. It was very odd to see Bill Pullman in that kind of part. Yeah. With his diet, bad dye job. Yeah. And I can never also, anytime I see Bill Pullman, Anytime I see Bill Pullman, I say to myself, he's dead. Nope, that's the other Bill. What's the other Bill's name? I don't know. What's this Bill's name? (laughs) I can never remember which one is Bill Paxton, which one is Bill Pullman, and which one between the two of them are dead. And it's Bill Paxton who's dead. Bill Paxton died? Oh, God. Is he not dead? I don't know. I mean, Is there a third person that I'm talking about? I don't know. damn it. Let me look it up. He better be dead because now I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Oh, he better be dead. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's dead. When did um, he die? He died February 25th, 2017. He oh, my gosh. for a routine procedure, a routine heart procedure, and ended up having a stroke on the table, and he died. Oh, my goodness. Like, he was at an event the night before. I was like, yeah, I have this surgery scheduled tomorrow. Like, whoop-de-woo, whoop-de-wee. And then, yeah, isn't that sad? Yeah. So anyway, I go through that every time I see Bill Pullman. I have to go through this whole mental gymnastics in my head. And then I don't even know the answer till I look it up. <laughs> um, but I think it's delightful. I think the ending works so great. I love how it all yes. works out. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I really, really, it was really just delightful to visit this movie. Um, because you I, never know. You know, some movies know. that you love from your past and you revisit them, you're like, oh, my God, what the hell was I thinking <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But this was not one of those times. I will say, and this, I think this probably goes for all 80s movies. These sex scenes are so uncomfortable. Like, they're (laughs) so uncomfortable. Like, they make me uncomfortable, but also, like, physically uncomfortable. Like, when you watch them, it's like, having sex that way would be physically uncomfortable. Like, hanging out of a car window. Oh, yeah. Would not be conducive to any sort of pleasure. It just would not. No. Um, the other thing is apparently the secret to losing weight is to get kidnapped and held in a basement. So I'm going to have to try that Yeah, with nothing but aerobics on TV. And she, and here's the thing. She only loses 20 pounds. And at the end of the movie, when she's out and she goes back to, she's like, Oh my God, you look so amazing. You look so 20 pounds made the difference between him loathing her and wanting to be with her. That's fucking ridiculous. If I lost 20 pounds right now, I would, I mean, listen, I'm pretty big, so that's 
that makes a difference. Like if someone smaller loses 20 pounds, it is a bigger deal. But if I lost 20 pounds right now, you wouldn't know. Like you would, you'd be like, are you wearing a hat? I'd be like, no, I lost 20 pounds. But the fact that he can go from loathing her to wanting to be with her again because of 20 pounds is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Yeah. And I like how at the beginning she's in that like real drapey dress. Right. The other thing that I have to talk about is, um, what is her name? What's Supergirl's name? Helen Slater. So she play. She's a she's a budding designer. Oh she my plays god, a those budding designer. Outfits. The clothes are the ugliest clothes, <laughs> even for the eighties. I wrote that they look like costumes from Once Upon a Mattress. <laughs> and like Bat Midler's all about them. That you should, oh, is this Givenchy? Is this yeah. blah blah blah? Is like, this Halston? And I'm like, no, it doesn't even. No, even I know that. Even right, even I know that, and I had to be taught how to say Givenchy. I had to be taught how to say because I said it wrong. So, like, the, I mean, just like the costume designer didn't even try to, like, they tried to make them look as horrible as possible, <laughs> just terrible. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. Yeah, being from the eighties, I don't remember anything sticking out as being like you, um, you know, cringeworthy. And Anita um, Morris's skin is, she's just like made out of alabaster. This is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, she's just, she was delightful. I liked it. Um, I liked it. It was good. It made me laugh. Yeah, it's not uh, streaming anywhere. So if you want to watch it, it's going to have to be a rental. <laughs> so if you want to watch it, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Take our word too for bad. it. This is what we... <laughs> what um, is your film of the, of the week? Well, mine... Is beaches. Ah, beaches. And as I was watching this movie, I made the shocking discovery that I have never seen it before. What? I have never seen beaches before. Wow. Ever that in is my life. Crazy. I just assumed that I had. Well, well then, what did you think about it as a first-time viewer? liked it i could see i could see why it had so much hype back in the day when it came out oh boy did it ever uh oh my god uh i think that's why i assumed i had seen it <laughs> um but really looking at it I, I thought barbara hirsch's character was a fucking bitch she was terrible she was awful she was a bad well, friend so is bet miller's though too i mean she's no walk in the park she's no walk in the park but we're going to have to backtrack in a minute. We're already getting passionate. But everyone around her makes her worse than she really actually is, I feel like. I don't feel like she's as bad as all the other characters are saying she is. She, Barbara Hershey ends up, waltzes into her life after leaving hers. They've only spoken by letter since they were 10 years old. What, now they're in their third. 20 years has gone by. Barbara Hershey comes up to her door and Bette Midler's like, yeah, just move in with me. It's totally fine. No concern. Just come on in, friend. And everybody is making Bette Midler's character out to be just this shrew. And I didn't think she was. I think she got uh, shortchanged. And that's the hill I'm going to die on. Uh, justice for CeCe Bloom. Wow. I'm just going to say it. I, she was not. Her, oh, your career. Oh, like you didn't fucking know that. Be- okay, let me backtrack because people might not know what we're talking about. I highly doubt it, but uh beaches was released in 1988 and it was based on 
Iris Rainer Dart's 1985 novel of the same name, and it was uh, directed by Gary Marshall. Um, it is not a true story, but C.C. Bloom was loosely based on Cher. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, Barbara Hershey got lip injections for the movie. That was all the people talked about when this movie came out. Yeah. That um, was a huge ordeal. Huge, 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 huge. I, I wrote in my notes, Cece gets a bad rap. Her mother is an asshole. Oh, I love Lainey Kazan. Well, okay. Her <laughs> husband. When she, when she goes, okay, I'm so sorry. Let me backtrack. I'm already getting that. I didn't realize I was going to get so passionate about this movie. So if you have not seen Beaches, if you are like me and assume you've seen Beaches because of the hype, um, these two little girls meet on a beach in, um, Atlantic City, and they become pen pals. They are pen pals all their life. Little Maya Bialik. Maya Bialik, the last time I liked her. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're pen pals for all their lives. They come in and out of each other's lives uh, in person. And then the movie culminates with Barbara Hershey dying and Batman. Oh, spoilers. And Di- Diane Keaton. Nope. And Bette Midler taking her daughter uh, to live with her. And it's very sweet. Um, so, so Cece Bloom is an actress, a songstress, and Hillary Whitney is a lawyer. So they couldn't be more different. That old trope. They couldn't be more different. Um, but they just get along like gangbusters. At one point, Barbara Hershey comes to her door and is like, and they didn't, and Cece doesn't even know who she is because they've only been pen pals this whole time since they were 10. And right away, oh yeah, come on, move in with me. Like, she's just, I just, yes, she's a lot to handle. She's an actor. And that whole thing about them being, oh, she's so, <laughs> she's so passionate and all she cares about is her career. She's an actor. She's an actor who has hustle, who actually wants to do the big things. And people look down on her for it. Fuck off. Fuck you. Like, I just, she gets a bad rap in the movie, and I'm not here to stand for it. And John Heard, you go fuck yourself. He fucks her best friend. Like, listen, men are not as stupid as they make out to be. They play a role of stupid so they don't have to do shit, but they're not as stupid as they want us to think. And he knows that Cece is in love with him. So what does he do? Fucks her best friend on her opening night of her first starring role on Off-Broadway. You, sir, are trash. And then wants to leave her because she's too passionate about her career. When he himself is in the same career, don't get me started. And her mother... When she goes to say he's leaving me and her mother just starts laughing. Well, you are a lot, Cece. Bitch, who made her that way? You were a horrible <laughs> stage mother. Seriously? Take some fucking responsibility. She's, uh, I am dying on the hill. Cece Bloom uh, was made to be a villain and she was not. I think she was the best person in that movie. Um, and everybody can suck it. How do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't, I'm not as passionate about it. <laughs> I didn't think I would be passionate about uh, beaches. I'll tell you what. I, um, I don't love the movie. I never have loved it. I feel like it's a little too long. Oh my God. You guys, it's so like, it's I so feel like long. she like dies for like 45 minutes or something. It's so long. Yeah. Um, obviously I think Bette Miller is great in it. Um, Gary Marshall certainly knows how to make a film, um, but a crowd pleasing film. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I just wish that it was 
a little more concise, a little more. Yeah. I wish that it wasn't, it feels unruly to me. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's kind so, of all over the map. Yeah. By the time we get to uh, wind beneath my wings, there was still is like 15 minutes left. And then there's still, and then I thought like, I thought it was going to end with her and the little girl, like walking, like up the stairs and stuff. I'm like, oh, really? that's a nice ending. But yeah. then they have to flash back to the little girls. And I'm like, ugh. So it's, it's certainly is, you know, a cultural phenomenon. It was. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like I need to go back to it again. Yeah. I not, now, listen, I never need to watch it again. I think Barbara Hershey, I don't know. Oh my God. They need to catch this criminal. <laughs> if you guys can hear the sirens, they, I feel like they've been going on the entire time we've been recording. They need yeah, to catch sorry. this criminal because he is getting away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think I love how kids become instant best friends. Yeah. I think that's very cute because kids are just like, Hey, you're a cool person. <laughs> Good Sus. Um <laughs> <laughs> And then oh, the other thing is when you find out, uh Barbara Hershey is pregnant and Bette Midler meets her obstetrician and all of a sudden they're getting married and she's still pregnant. Like the the relationships move fast in 80s movies. Yeah, that's true. That is they true. are just wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Yep, no um, time to fuck around. No time to fuck around. Um, literally, apparently. <laughs> um what else? I like, yeah, I liked it. I don't think I ever need to go back. I think that character of Hillary is an awful person. I think she's an awful person. I think, I think Barbara Hershey is just gorgeous in this movie though. For sure. Character awful. Um, what about the musical that she's in? The musical. That the, oh, industry. Yes. What the <laughs> fuck? And what's funny is I remember that song being on the radio. Oh, really? Oh yeah, it was on the radio because it was because they would release they released that song and they released um one night in Bangkok became uh radio hits. So I remember that being on the radio and watching that scene. I'm like, what is this music? I want to see this whole musical. I bet you it's terrible, but no, I want to sure. see it. Yeah, <laughs> it's for sure. Fucking terrible. But I liked the song. Um, Bette Midler is an amazing singer. She really is. I mean, obviously. We did a parody of the show of Beaches at our theater a few years back called Beaches Be Trippin'. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and it is, to this day, one of the, my most favorite things that I've ever done. Uh was not a huge hit, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm assuming you were bet. I was, and our friend Richard was, was oh, the Barbara please, Hershey role. Of course he was Barbara Hershey. So, yes, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, and there is a gay bar in Edinburgh called CC oh. Blooms. Oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah, I could see that character being a gay icon. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, for sure. And I just, yeah, I just, I've, I mean, I've never loved John Hurt as an actor, and I didn't like the guy that played her husband. It just, yeah, yeah, there was just, it felt like there was more to not like in this than there was to really get behind for me. John Hurd has, it's not a resting bitch face. It's a resting, um, oh, the word just left me. God bless it. Oh, resting smug face. He just always mm. looks so smug. 
Yeah. Just yeah, so yeah. smug. I'm whatever you're talking about. I have questions because I'm smart and I'm better than you. Fuck yeah. off, John Hurt. Oh God, is for he sure. dead? He, he is, is dead. He is, he is dead. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> like the thing I like him the most in is Home Alone. Yes, absolutely. 100%. He's fun in Home Alone. Yeah. But in everything else, I'm like, could you not be so fucking smug? Yeah. And like the victim. <laughs> he plays so <he> very <laughs> Oh, my wife has a career and I don't like it. <laughs> I am just shitting on <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was all right. I, I quenched my, um, my, uh, curiosity for it, seeing as I've never seen it, but I don't yeah, ever need to watch it again. I know. Well, was that weird? Yeah. Mazel Tov again, getting through, getting that checked off your list. Right. Like I just started watching it. And I was like, I'm sure I've seen this. I'm sure I've seen this. And I keep watching it. And I was like, I've never fucking seen any of this. And that's just not my bad memory. I have never seen any of this because watching a ruthless people, I was like, oh yeah, no, I remember this and I know what's going to happen. And then, but like I can, oh, and then this is going to happen. So yeah. And then I was on an eighties, nineties kick. So then I watched mermaids. Love that movie. Oh my God. I haven't seen that in forever either. And Cher is fucking amazing in it. She's and now so I'm good. watching Heather's. Oh my gosh. It's 20 minutes left. I know. Yeah, I just went on a, on a rampage. Went on a writer kick. Yeah, I love Winona. You don't like her. I don't hate her. You just don't. I mean, listen, she's not Meryl. No, I mean, I can take her if it's in the right vehicle. Yeah. I just think she's flawless looking and she's just, I just, I love her. But it's not because I'm like, oh my God, she's this amazing actress. I just she's love She's so her. talented. Right? She's, oh my God. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. Um, so yeah. Anyway. Well, that's, that's finally our Bette Midler episode. Finally, year, the one I thought we've done 10 times over. A year plus into the making. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, well, because we have covered Outrageous Fortune, First Wives Club, and Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, yeah. Yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like we did her, but we didn't do her. But yeah, now yeah, we've yeah, done yeah. her. We've we have done her. Now we did it. We, we just we did. Okay. Well, I don't want to. <laughs> so next week, do you want to? It's up to you. Are we doing a, a full or oh. a we? Oh shoot! You know what? I, I want to do a full because I'm very excited about this. Okay. Um, we're gonna do Judy Garland. All right. We're gonna do oh Judy Judy Garland Judy. All right, all right, all right. So yeah, well, we're we gonna should... do Miss Judy Garland. All right, we should get started soon because I know what I'm picking and it's a long movie. Oh what? Oh okay. Tell me, tell me off air. Tell me, right. <laughs> tell me after the recording. Um, so we'll see you next week with Miss Judy Garland. Uh, you can write us an email at um three funny ladies at gmail or you can uh, also follow us on Insta at Three Funny Ladies. You can also right. slide into our DMs. Someone has done it, and I'm going to her WePod is uh, next. So, um, but I'm I'm sorry, I'm pushing your WePod suggestion a little bit because I really want to do Judy Garland and d- deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like uh, ho- holler at at you boys. I don't. I hope your Halloween has been was great because this will come out the day after. Oh, yes. So. I hope your Halloween was just fantastic. 
Um, and yeah. We'll see you again uh, in a week. Sure will, buddies. Okay. Bye-bye. Mm, bye-bye.